0: Good morning, church family. It's good to hear all of you chattering out there this morning. We hope you've had a good week, ready to start a new one after this weekend. We've got several announcements for you this morning. The first, I want to let you know that next Sunday, March 28th, we'll be having a short called business meeting following worship, and it it will be short, we promise. Um, One of our custodians is gonna be needing um, a few weeks of medical leave, and so our personnel committee will be coming with a recommendation for what to do during that period. So that will be next Sunday, March 28th, following worship. This Wednesday will be Bible study at six o'clock in the small dining room. If you're a youth, you'll meet either at 5.30 or 6.30. Be looking for a message for that. April eighteenth. I want to remind you again. Those of you who are here, and those of you at home, if you, um, if your family has talked about joining the church. Um, And of course, this past year has kind of put us in a standstill for doing that. Or if you have made a decision um, in your walk with Christ and you want to let our church know about that or you need to be baptized, that is going to be our Sunday. We're going to do that in a very COVID safe way. So we've had several people let us know that they'd like to take part in that. If you have not and you would like to take part in that day, please let someone on staff know so that we can let you know how we plan to do that. And finally, it's crazy, Um, you know, Easter is in two weeks, and the summer is just two months away, which is hard to believe. Um, And last year we missed out on a lot of our summer activities because of COVID. This year we are hoping to be able to have more of a normal summer. Camp Horizon will be June 7th through the 11th. Um, For those of you that don't remember, it's been a year. That's for rising second graders through rising sixth graders. Flyers are going to go out to all of our local elementary schools after spring break. So Poplar Springs, this is your... early notice about this. You don't have to have the sheet of paper yet to fill out to hand to Nicole. If you know your child wants to participate in Camp Horizon this year, you can contact her and let her know that way she can get your name down on the list. Um, Usually there's always a cap for how many kids we allow to come and this year just, for safety reasons, for COVID measures, that cap will be a little bit smaller. So if you know for sure that your kid wants to participate in Camp Horizon and you're a Poplar Springs member, if you'll go ahead and let Nicole know and that way she can get your name on the list. That's all of our announcements for this morning. If you will watch on the screen, you will see our handbells as they prepare us for worship.
1: As we come to our time of community at prayer, there are a few I will mention for you to keep in your prayers. The family of James Harris, who passed away last week. Lynn and Leslie Thornton, who, that's the mother and the sister of Nikki Bradley, and they were injured in a car accident last week. Julia Newton, as she recovers from knee surgery. And then Charles Weaver, who's Carolyn Bess's brother-in-law, who suffered a stroke. And June Biggerstaff, who's Carolyn's sister, Um, who has pneumonia, so if you'll keep them in your prayers. Let's pray together. We gather on this beautiful Sunday to worship you, Father, and in doing so, we recognize your power and your grace, and so we lift up these names mentioned and those on our hearts to you, entrusting the health and well-being of all to you. And may we be a people that is ever-increasing in our faith of you and your plans and your actions. As we approach Palm Sunday and Easter, and we prepare to remember your great sacrifice and the unexpected way you plan to save us by reaching down into our mess, our despair, and our lives full of sin and evil, may we also be prepared to respond, to respond with our lives to the gifts of grace and the blessing of mercy that has already marked us and will continue to follow us through all the days ahead. Amen.
2: Good morning. good morning. It's good to see all of you here. We've got a crowd here today. It's wonderful to see all of you back. Our scripture today comes from uh, John chapter 11, verses 38 through 48. It's a passage that presents us with somewhat of a dilemma there. Is Jesus an inconvenience or is he an inspiration? So we need to think about that as we look at our scripture today. Jesus, once again more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there for day, for four days. And Jesus, then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always heard me, but I did this for the benefit of the people, those standing here, that they, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Come out. The dead man came out and his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus, Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. We can always call a meeting, can't we? we were, what, are they, what are we accomplishing, they asked. Here's this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our place, the temple, and our nation. So let's pray together. God, we realize sometimes the acts of Jesus Christ inconvenience us, cause us to make a decision, but they also also inspire us, Father, as we look at what he can do. He raised a man from death. And Father, we we rejoice in that he can do that. And we know that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came to life after death. And because of that, we celebrate today. We thank you that we can worship today, Father, and I pray that you'll speak to us today as we study our scriptures. In the name of Christ, I pray, amen. Jesus messes with the plans of mankind, the motives and plans of mankind. He messes with it, causes trouble many times. Humanity finds itself, true self, when faced with acts of the Savior. When we find out what Jesus does, we're faced with that, we realize we have a dilemma sometimes. Sounds rather large-scale and impersonal when I put it that way. Let's bring it to the local level, let's bring it to us, let's bring it to the church level, how it speaks to us today. Jesus causes us to face our innermost thoughts and real motives. He causes us to look at ourselves and think about ourselves, our motives, which are scary at times. It's scary to look at our motives and why we do things and our thoughts that are deep within us. He can create a quandary of sorts, a dilemma, an inside an inner struggle. The inner struggle that we so fear And we must decide decide how we will respond to his actions in the world. We have a decision to make. How are we going to respond to the work of Jesus in the world or in our lives? A miracle, an act of Almighty God, can cause a sticky situation for some folks. Lazarus, dear friend of Jesus. And I'm going to get confused on Lazarus because you say it so many times you wind up going loud enough. So be careful. Lazarus, dear friend of Jesus, dies. His sister Mary and Martha are heartbroken. Jesus is heartbroken as well. He's heartbroken as well. Mary, in her anguish, expresses her faith in Jesus. Jesus, if you could have made it on time, if you could have just been here on time, we wouldn't be in this situation. He would be alive if you'd just been here on time. She struggles with that. Jesus was human and divine. And in His humanity, His humanity is evident here, as He's he's upset as well. We should read the small scripture there that says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. But He's God in the flesh and quite capable of making up for His tardiness. He can do something about his tardiness. So he tells those present with him, roll away the stone, roll away the stone. And practical Martha says this, and I love this. Jesus, this could get ugly. I'm enhancing this a little bit. Jesus says, this could get ugly. He's probably going to smell pretty bad. He's probably going to smell bad. He's been there four days. Practical Martha, practical Martha. I'm going to enhance Jesus' Jesus, response a little as I believe. He said, Martha, I know that he's been there four days. I know that. And Martha, I know he's going to stink maybe. He's probably going to do that. But didn't I tell you if you believed, if you believed you could see the glory of God? Maybe Jesus thought that. Maybe he even said that. And let's let's give Jesus a good old southern twang as he says, watch this. Watch this. Look at this. So the stone was rolled away and Jesus wanted to emphasize a point here. He looked up at heaven and he said, Father, thank you for hearing my prayer. Father, thank you for hearing my prayer. He said it where folks could hear it. I knew that you always heard my prayers, he said. But you and I need to make a point, and that's what we're going to do here. This curious crowd needs to know you sent me. The crowd needs to know that you sent me. So the stone is rolled away, and Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. Come out. And he did. And told those attendants, get those nasty grave clothes off of him. Get the clothes off of him. Martha, in anticipation, probably held her nose. She probably held her nose. I wouldn't believe I would believe that. Martha kind of reminds me of my practical wife. My practical wife. She has a nose like a beagle. She can smell everything. When Kim retires, I'm getting her a job at the airport. She's not as obvious as a German Shepherd. She's not as scared as a German Shepherd, but she's a pointer. She could go, the drugs are over here. That person's got a, got a, got a, got a container of shampoo over here. They're checking them out. She could point. Kim's so good at pointing I'm gonna break off and talk about a little story one time. We saw James Worthy in the airport one time. James Worthy played for the Lakers and he played for North Carolina Tar Heels. Go Heels, go Tigers too. (laughs) But she saw James Worthy and there she goes, look, and she put his finger in his nose. Look, it's James Worthy. That's what she would do if if I got her a job at the airport. She would be a pointer. Nicole, she reminds me of Nicole. Nicole gives a restaurant one shot. If it smells bad, we don't eat there ever again. She gives it one shot. She says, this place smells bad. We're not going back. I say, can we go someplace besides the Mexican? No, that place smells bad. Martha reminds me of these two. On the other hand, I can't smell anything. I can't smell anything. I have to ask people, do I smell bad? Do I smell bad? For all I would have known, Lazarus would have smelled like Old Spice. For all I would have known. But that's the situation we're in. But in spite of the odor or lack of it, Lazarus emerged from the tomb. He came out of the tomb. A miracle for all to see. He was alive. He was alive. He is, he, they saw Jesus at work. They saw Him work. You would think this would be a launching path for the Savior of the world. You'd think it'd be a great experience for the Savior of the world there as He headed to Jerusalem the next day. But it turned out He was greeted by a mixed response. One, there were those who were amazed and awestruck. And became believers. They saw what He did and they became believers. They said, we're going to believe on this, this Savior as He calls Himself, or as people called Him. We're going to believe in Him. Verse 45, many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and who had seen what Jesus did believed in Him. They believed in Him because of what He had done. A lot of times it takes something like that for us to believe, but a lot of times we don't have that option, believing. And many of these probably showed up the next day as Jesus made His entry into Jerusalem. Jesus, Jesus was the local hero. He was a rock star. Stories of his miracles were true. They'd just seen one. He was the star of the show coming into Jerusalem the next day. Now, on the other hand, there were those who perceived the wonderful work was going to cause problems. He was going to cause some problems. It wasn't a miracle. It was a dilemma. It was a problem for them. It was going to cause trouble. It was going to make things bad. Verse 46 through, verses 46 through 48. Well, some of them there went to the Pharisees and, and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council. They said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? This man is performing many signs. If we let him go, with it, go on with this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. He's going to cause problems. He's going to cause a problem for us. In other words, Jesus, Jesus is going to change some stuff. He's going to make some things different. And we need to do something about it. We have to do something about it because we like the way things are right now. How many of y'all like things to kind of stay like they are? It's good. I like that. I like the comfort zone. But Jesus will take us out of our comfort zone many times. He's going to change some things. He's going to make some things different. We need to do something about it. So we skip to verse 57. Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who knew where Jesus was should let them know so that they might arrest Him. So they might arrest him. They a plot, hatched a plot to arrest him, to have him arrested because of what he had done. He had performed a miracle, a great thing, a wonderful thing. Yet, yet here that we have folks wanting to have him arrested. Why were they so intent in doing away with Jesus? The council was called together with the deal to call together, called together the to deal with the Jesus situation. They might call it the Jesus situation. It was made up of Sadducees and Pharisees. Sadducees and Pharisees. The Pharisees were not political. They were not a political people. Their concern was that people needed to be overburdened with the rules. They needed to rule for everything and make sure that folks were in line, that they were doing things the right way. God needed to be unapproachable and imperfect to the imperfect common man or woman. God needed to be some, some person that wasn't approachable if you were imperfect in any way. So they made him in that way. Faith in God needed to be a miserable experience. It needed to be miserable. It needed to be terrible. And relationship with God needed to be unattainable. It was impossible with all the rules that were there. There were rules upon rules upon rules and things people had to do in order to have a relationship with God. It was impossible to have a relationship with God. The Pharisees liked it that way. They liked it that way. Jesus was preaching grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. And He was messing with their system. Messing with their system, which worked for them, but not everybody else. The Sadducees Sadducees were the chief priests. The chief priests. And they were political. They had political motives. This Jesus would infringe on their power and prestige. Folks, they liked power. They liked the prestige of saying, this is the high priest. And they got the respect they needed, that they wanted so much. And they had the power. They had a good thing going with the Roman government. Everybody hated the Romans, but the Sadducees had a good system with the Romans. As long as Rome was pleased, they wouldn't mess with their priorities. If these empowered followers of Savior causes their servants, Rome would step in and take care of business. If they caused something, if they got things started, Rome would step in and they didn't want that to happen. It's plain and simple. For some, Jesus was an inspiration. He inspired some. He made them feel good. He made them feel empowered and strong and he could do anything. For others, he was an inconvenience because he messed with the system. He interfered with the status quo. It's the same way today. It's the same way today. For some, Jesus is an inspiration. He inspires us as we hear about the stories of His wonderful miracles and His teachings that are so inspirational to us. He does wonderful things. Still yet today, if we look, if we're sensitive to it, Jesus is still at work today through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do we see it? But He's an inspiration. The Holy Spirit, sent by God upon Jesus' departure from this earth and His fleshly existence, offers comfort. The Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ offers us comfort. We need comfort at times. We need guidance. The Holy Spirit offers guidance, offers strength, to live every day and offers inspiration. There are times when we even see him do the, there are times when we even seem to see him do the miraculous. We see him do the miraculous things and our lives change for the better. We see him at work in the church. Don't you love seeing God work in the church when he does things in the church and we're inspired. We see the great things there. He can do anything and we feel that his power with his power we can change the world. We can make the world a different place, a better place through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. We're inspired. And hopefully that's the way it is. We must exercise some caution here though so that we don't let our experience of Christ and His Holy Spirit be a relationship based based on feeling and emotion only. We need to be aware of that. Sometimes a relationship is built on what we can see Him do. Is He doing something right now? Do we see Him doing the miraculous? We must be aware of walking by faith at times. Walking by faith. When the clouds appear, when He's not doing miracles we see, when He seems distant, we need to be aware of those times. Scriptures confirm there are times when we walk by faith and not sight. There are times when we walk in that way. When our faith is just a feeling, we may find ourselves as some, as some did on that day when Jesus made His entrance into Jerusalem. That day when they made His entrance into Jerusalem, what happened was there were those cheering Him on. They'd seen what He had done and they cheered Him on. They were on His side. They were inspired. But later that week when the crowd was calling for the crucifixion of Jesus, many of those were, on the, uh, were the first to call, call for screaming out, crucify Him. or the first to do that. Because it was based on emotion and seeing the things He had done. It can't be just based on the miracles and the emotion. Let the miraculous Christ inspire your life. Inspire your faith. and Trust Him to live for Him daily. Let Him do that in your life. Let Him do that. Don't ask for miracles every moment. Don't ask for miracles every moment. Ask for faith to follow Him when things are normal and boring. Ask for faith to follow Him when things are regular. Let Jesus inspire you. For some, the Savior Jesus Christ is an inconvenience. Hope he's not that way for you. Hope he's not an inconvenience. Jesus will interfere with the status quo. He'll make things different. He'll change things. We have a good thing going on. We may have wealth. He may tell you to give it away. You may have a lot of money. He may say give it away. You may have possessions. He'll tell you to share these possessions. Share them with someone who has needs. You've got three coats in the in the in the closet. Give two of them away. He may tell you to share those things. Share the possessions. We have power and popularity at times. He may ask you to take an unpopular stand. He may ask you to do something unpopular that doesn't please everybody. He may ask you to do that. And the Holy Spirit of Christ may start convicting you concerning your money and possessions, your pride and earthly standing. He may call you to sacrifice that power and control you love so much. He'll call you to sacrifice. And you could be inconvenienced. So inconvenienced that like the Sadducees and Pharisees, you form a plan. You start thinking of a plan. You discount the demands of the faith. Oh, He doesn't mean that. He's not talking to me in the Scriptures. We may discount the demands of the faith to reduce the impact of the Savior in your life. It can happen. Some folks even totally reject Jesus by saying He's asking for too much. He's asking for too much. I can't do that. I can't give my entire life to Him. I can't give total control to Him. One of the things in my life that I had the hardest time with it was when I finally said, okay, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do it your way. And I didn't know what he was going to do. I didn't know what he was going to do, where he was going to send me, where I was going to go. It scared me to death. But I made a commitment, and he put me in a pulpit, which is a scary thing with there, It's scary. Sometimes we think he's asking for too much, and he inconveniences us. With well, that being said, Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Ask that tough question. Who is Jesus to me? Is he an inspiration? Is he an inspiration that changes your life and makes you a different person? Or is he an inconvenience that puts you in a quandary? Puts you in a position where you have to make a tough decision. You have options and choices to make. You have a choice. You have a choice. I have a choice. How he's gonna how I'll respond to him. Will you make him the center of your life? Your inspiration, your to be cherished and fallen? Is that what you're going to make Him? Or will you find Jesus, Jesus to be a tremendous inconvenience? Will He be an inconvenience? It's up to you today. It's up to me today. How will I view Him? Hope you choose the option of life with Christ. Hope that's the choice you make. Who inspires? He inspires and changes us. Makes us different people. Let Him change you by the power of the Holy Spirit today. Let Him do that. Let's pray together. God, we realize the quandary you put us in sometimes. We see you do some wonderful things and we're inspired. And then sometimes you become silent and we feel alone in this world. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. And there are times, Father, when we totally reject you because you put us in such a situation where we don't know what to do. We have abundance we have plenty and we we don't want to sacrifice any of it. And would you tell us to do that? Or you tell us to take an unpopular stand or do something different. You tell them to, to, to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in our life. And we say, God, I don't know if I can do it. I pray, Father, that we might look to Christ and look to you for the strength we need to make the decisions and how we will view Jesus Christ. Is He an inconvenience or is He an inspiration? Inspire us today, Father, to follow you. And to someone here today who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray they might make that decision today to follow him to look to him for the leadership and guidance and direction and you will change their lives. Perhaps, Father, that someone here is not following you as closely as they'd like to or as they need to be, I pray, Father, you'll convict that person by the Holy Spirit and let them know what they need to do or what we need to do. I pray, Father, if someone here is looking for a church home, if this is the place, Father, I pray that we'll make them welcome. They'll feel like this is the place where they can worship and serve you. Father, we trust you today and ask that you'll speak through us to the world about the wonderful options we have in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In his name I pray.
3: In the dark and all alone, growing comfortable, are you too scared to move and walk out of this tomb? Buried underneath the lies that you believed, safe and sound, stuck in the ground, too lost to be found. You're just asleep, and it's time to leave. And rise up. Take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us out from the grave like Lazarus? You're brand new, the power of death couldn't hold you. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us out from the grave like Lazarus? Rise up, said your name the thing that filled your veins is more than this kind of love that washes sin away now the door is open wide the stone's been rolled aside the old has gone the light has come so come on and rise up take a breath you're alive now can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us the grave like lazarus you're brand new the power of death couldn't hold you can't you hear the voice of jesus calling us out from the grave like lazarus He's calling us to walk out of the dark He's giving us new resurrected hearts oh, Come on and rise up, take a breath, you're alive now Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us Out from the grave like Lazarus, yours? calling us
0: For joining us today. Those of you who are at home, thank you for tuning in. And it is good to see so many of you back with us this morning. Um, If you will, will you pray with me? God, we thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for even a little bit of warmer temperatures. And God, we thank you for the chance to be in your house together this morning. God, as we look towards Palm Sunday next Sunday, towards Holy Week, and towards Easter morning. God, would you already prepare our hearts? Call us to rise up, God, and to come out of the things that have kept us down, that have weighed us down, God, and and kept us from you. May we rise up and may we go out into the world eager and excited to share the good news of your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day.